The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Today, I'm going to be broadcasting our clubhouse room for the 13th of August, 2022. Now, in this room, we spoke on the topic of negotiating our way out of self-sabotage. As you know, I've been putting a lot of those clubhouse rooms on this platform because I truly believe that my moderators and I add value to the room and to everyone who asks something of us. We all suffer from self-sabotage, and it's something that we can deal with. It's something that we can master. We can negotiate our way out of self-sabotage. That's why I'm putting on these clubhouse replays, hoping that you will get something from it. I'm sure that you will. We all can master ourselves. Before I get into the broadcast itself, I want to talk a little bit about fear today. Well, we suffer from fear. Most of us do at some point in our lives and some more than others. Fear is an immobilizer. It's very capable of preventing us from taking exactly the necessary action that we need to take control of our lives and make a change. And what is it you need to take uh, to make a change and take control of? Well, you need to take control of your life, and to do so, you need to take action. Without taking action, you remain where you are, or things just get worse over time. When you're about to make a change and about to take action, it might feel hard to do so at first. And that's simply because you've either never done it before, or because you've done it so rarely, it spooks you to even try. And because we're wired to protect ourselves from anything that might hurt us, what are we going to do, likely? We might just want to be quiet and quiet down those voices in our head altogether and sabotage our plans to take control of our life. And that translates into giving up. Or you may just start to think and think until you overthink by playing the what-if scenarios. And by doing so, you allow to muddy your thoughts and you'll likely just give up right there. Because you're not familiar with taking the action you need to take, you may begin to think too big and too wide. And that overthinking may just be the enemy that prevents you from implementing the change that you need to implement. Doing nothing is not the answer. Giving in to your self-sabotaging thoughts is a trap, one that can keep you locked in a cage of your own making, one that can hold you hostage. So that's not the answer either. What I just described is a cycle, one of self-sabotage and one that needs to be broken if you're to take control of your life. When you're looking at something, don't look at the big picture. Not necessarily. If it seems overwhelming, just look at what you can control and make up your mind to do a part of it. It doesn't need to be done right away. And this applies to every aspect of your life. One of the reasons that we don't succeed in life, one of the big reasons that we don't feel fulfilled is that we're, we're afraid. 
Oftentimes, we're afraid of what other people will think of us. Who cares what they think? But that can keep you locked in a cage of your own making. It can prevent you from asking somebody out. It could prevent you from asking for a job, taking a risk that you know is going to work out for you, writing a book, whatever it is that's in your heart. If you're afraid of what other people think, guess what? You may never get to where you want to be. We have to give up. We have to move beyond that fear. Pull back the curtain and move beyond it. You are just as worthy as anyone else to get what it is that you want in life. And I want you to remember that. Fear is an immobilizer. It will prevent you from getting the things that you want. In the words of Wayne Gretzky, great Canadian hockey player, you always miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And a good hockey player practices. They keep shooting and shooting and shooting. Are they going to hit every time? They're going to land it into the net every time? No. But they know that if they don't take the shot, they won't ever get it into the net. That's the way I want you to think of your life. It is time for you to take control of your life. It is time for you to take risks. It's time for you to do the work. It won't get done for you. You need to do it yourself. You need to change that mindset. And coming here is one of the steps that you're taking in changing that mindset. So I hope you enjoy today's broadcast of The Clubhouse Room with my great moderators and I negotiating your way out of self-sabotage, August 13th, 2022. Good morning. Good morning. Or good afternoon. Oh, yeah, it's still good morning. It is still a good morning here. <laughs> For another 11.57. Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. We're just kidding up here because uh, we are on Eastern Standard Time and it's three minutes to the hour. So we're still in the morning. So there we go. How's everything going in New York? It's actually going beautifully. It is what I would call a perfect summer day. And um, so I was like so excited to just kind of jump in. I got my car washed. I took my dogs out for a long walk by the water. Uh, and now I'm here and just excited to, you know, kind of settle in and take a little brief respite and uh, be with you guys. That's excellent. We're glad that you're here. King, how, how's your morning going? Not too bad. Just been uh, busy uh, working on my projects, uh, my my crazy, crazy podcast, and also trying to do research for my trip next uh, month. So if, if anyone has any tips for me about going visiting Turkey, or I guess now it's called Turkey, Turkey Air, I think they that's the new uh, name for the country that uh, I wasn't aware of until just uh, last week. So uh, yeah, so if anyone has any tips for Istanbul or other cities. That's the only city I know right now. Uh, yeah, go for it. That's amazing. I am so glad that you're going there. What a trip that's going to be. And uh, yeah, I, I loved your quote this morning from Winston Churchill. If you haven't seen it on Instagram, you really deserve to go down there, especially if you're feeling low, right, King? What a great quote. He's all, I've always found them inspiring, so definitely I'm glad it was able to uplift you as much as it was able to uplift me. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that quote, so it's just a joke, guys. The quote is not that funny. I see that Berna has raised her hand, so let's bring her up. And uh, yes, we're going to get started in just a minute. Good to see you, Berna. Hello, everyone. Good to see you all. Always nice to have you here. 
and Marae is up. That's great. So we're going to get started in just a few minutes. You are in the Take Control of Your Life Club. And so if you are new here and you haven't joined the club that little greenhouse just tap it and join it that way you will be notified of the different rooms that we we run and we run one a week at the moment but that may increase to another one on different topics uh, negotiate your way out of self-sabotage is the topic for today and if you can think of anybody who might really enjoy this room uh, please invite them in you can do that by uh, just pushing on that little arrow down at the bottom and uh, just making this room available to your friends or or just uh, tapping on the ad friends and invite people one by one. So let's get started in just a moment. What I'd like to do is I would like to have my moderators introduce themselves. And then once they do, I'll start with my uh, spiel on what I believe uh, self-sabotage should be, and then we'll get started with our speakers. So over to you, Michelle. Thanks, Paul. Um, first of all, I just feel really blessed and excited to be here, and I'll probably do like a clubhouse hallway shout out, just because this is my favorite place to be, and I try not to ever miss a Saturday if I can help it, because the people that come into this community are so willing to be open, vulnerable, and um, share their own wisdom, and so this is, you know, my favorite hangout with Paul and um, with King. And I can just tell you that for myself, I'm someone that had a lifelong relationship with self-sabotage. And it was only when I started to take myself on and look within and find like really incredible mentors and coaches that my world started shifting dynamically. So I'm here to be a stand for you. Uh, I've been coaching and training, doing transformational trainings in organizations and out there in the world for John Q. Public for over 26 years. And what that means is shifting who you're being. So you shift away from suffering and into an empowered life where you're conscious and awake and just exuberant and full of gratitude. And so I'm here uh, and hope to be able to create a wonderful space today with King and Paul and the other mods who I'm sure will be along. And I really look forward to meeting and talking with each of you and I see familiar faces and I'm really excited to check in and see where everyone's at. So with that, I'll pass the mod mic on to King. Thanks so much, Michelle. And I'm so glad you found us uh, here and it's definitely amazing having you uh, here. Whenever you do come, you add so much to the room. It's definitely not the same without you. And uh, also for everyone else, once again, I see a lot of familiar faces as well. Berna, Murray, Taze, so glad to see you guys here on stage. And uh, and Peter, oh, there you are. And uh, so my name's King and I'm a uh, social media and communication strategist. I'm also a travel blogger and I'm just you know, amazed every single week. And I'm just here to learn along with most of you in terms of how to deal with self-sabotage because it's one of those things that's so common and we do it all the time without even realizing it. I, in, until I got into this room, I didn't realize how often I actually did it. And oftentimes it's very little things that you don't even notice, but unfortunately those little things usually build up and become much bigger things if you're if you allow them to uh, continue on. And and also, I'm just also here to provide whatever insights uh, I can uh, from my own experiences. And so I hope that all of you have found it just as um, worthwhile and and, and uh, you know valuable as I have. And I know it, it obviously is to some degree because we've been going on doing this for all, about a, over a year and a half now. So uh, definitely it's, uh, 
I, it's always great that we can to know that we can help people and that uh, people and it's definitely helped me and uh, inspired me a lot. And so with that, I see that uh, Dr. Allison has joined us. And so, Dr. Allison, if you are ready to uh, give a little introduction about yourself, I will hand the uh, microphone over to you. So, Dr. Allison, if you're ready. Good morning, King. Good morning, everyone in the room. So happy to be here today. Uh, my name is Dr. Allison Okluthi. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and an educational psychologist here in California. And I'm looking forward to all the wonderful conversations today. Thanks. Well, thank you so much. I, I, before I speak uh, about um, my thoughts on self-sabotage, I just want to go over to each of my moderators just for a moment. Michelle, I want to say how happy I am every time you join in and what a blessing to have had you join us uh, and you're so wise. Uh, could you share a little bit of what you do and maybe um, provide some uh, guidance as to how people can reach you? Uh, because I know that you're doing a lot of good as a coach and uh, I, th I think that that's worth sharing. Oh, thanks, Paul. Um yeah, so I do online trainings. I used to do them in person and we'd rent hotels and, you know, have people come and stay, but now I do them online. And there, um, you know, I do work with corporations and executives within the corporations, but I also do trainings for the general public. And I hold those like once a month and it's three days and it's, you know, two segments. So you do like say one to four and then six to nine so that you have a chance to participate in your day and be in your day, but then also you get a little bit of condensed, let's say, education, experiential education about who you are. And it's really looking at the assumptions and beliefs and paradigms uh, that you keep inviting yourself into. Uh, and also it's about looking at what what's the dynamic of being, you know, this, this soul, this spirit, this person, in a physical human body and what does that mean you know how does that impact how you're choosing in your life and you know what what is available to your life to you in your life and so it's really really cool because it really is about people learning to let go of suffering and suffering shows up as feeling disempowered as feeling not good enough as feeling unworthy it shows up as you know being angry or resistant or you know, needy, it shows up in all a variety of ways. And so um, that's what the weekend is. Uh, and I also am currently putting in uh, two other um, trainings. One of them is really an accountability training through a transformational lens, again, focusing on how you're participating in um, like listening to yourself as you move through your day, going for those big goals. And then another thing I'm doing, if anyone's interested is, I once a year have a train the trainer. It's a training and coaching certification for people to learn to become transformational coaches and trainers. And how that is really magnificent is that you can listen differently to people, understand yourself and other people differently. That means your level and your ability to communicate gets enhanced and increases. And that's why I love this room because I really feel like this room does that as well. There's so many ways to quote unquote skin the proverbial stuffed cat. Uh, and this is just one way. And so if you're interested, uh, I'll post something on my Instagram, a link, uh, and or you can friend me on Facebook. 
So thank you, Paul, so much for that. Maybe if I can find one, I'll put it up at the top of the um, screen later on in our conversation. That would be excellent. So thank you. And again, thank you for being here and for sharing what you know with all of us. And King, I wanted to also focus on you. Uh, King and I have been friends for a few years now, and we met actually in Winnipeg um, during the winter. And we both live in Toronto. And not only that, we met because he hired me to do some work in Winnipeg. And we found out that we were just a couple of blocks away from each other in real life. And he's been with me on this journey in this room. And uh, talk a little bit about what you do and the services that you provide, King. I think uh, people need what, you're, what you've got right now. <laughs> Thanks so much, Paul. Um, and act actually, th thank God we were just at the tail end of winter when we when we got to Winnipeg, so we we did not freeze to death. But uh, the work I do is so I'm a as I said I'm a communications and social media strategist. So I help people get uh, you know build build up uh, usually their brands. Uh, so whether it be something that they need help getting their social media going, or whether they have uh, websites or email campaigns or whatever whatever it is they want to do, if they have a message or they have a story that they want to get out. To the uh, to to the world, I help them find a creative way of uh, of getting it out there, and also you know trying to figure out exactly you know sometimes you know they they don't even know exactly what the story is that they want to get out. So I help them refine that message. So um, for so it, you so these days I work mainly with uh, small and medium sized businesses, and so I've become very creative at working with smaller budgets, and so that's the the uh, the, the stuff I do, and as well on on this on, on my other side of my world is also as a travel uh, blogger influencer and so I really really love to travel and I've uh, been you know writing about it uh, posting about it and I also uh, write for other blogs uh, and help them out and um, to uh, create content and to uh, engage their audiences as well and so as I mentioned earlier in the room I do have a uh, one such trip for a the uh, solo uh, um, sorry, um, <laughs> solotravelerworld.com uh, blog that I'm going to be visiting Turkey uh, on their behalf and uh, writing and blogging and uh, filming and posting about it as well there too. So if anyone has, uh, you know, any thoughts around that, uh, feel free to reach out to me, uh, you know, outside of the, the room and um, let me know what's going on or what I should be knowing about that as well. So uh, that's more or less me in a nutshell. Um, and uh, of course, if anyone has wants any travel tips, I'm, you know, uh, in addition to any thoughts about uh, social media work, uh, let me know. I'm ha always happy to talk about travel or food or drinks or uh, which is what, uh, I, I, you know, my um, my website is travelyeatdrink.xyz. Uh, Z for, for my blog and uh, and also for my podcast, which is Travel Eat Drink uh, podcast, and uh, you can find on all you know uh, whatever podcast listener that you listen to. I actually just started that a few weeks ago, uh, you know, and uh, so it's a it's it's still a work in progress. So uh, so go easy, but I think hopefully there'll uh, be some great information there that you'll enjoy. And uh, so yeah, that's me, and uh, I will hand it, the microphone back to you, Paul. Thanks so much for that opportunity. Well, thank you, King. And thanks for what you do. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're getting to go. Uh, you just got back from Egypt and uh, that was quite the uh, trip and you kept us posted. It was amazing. Dr. Allison, um, we're so grateful that you're here and that you share with us. You've added so much value every time you drop into the room. It's just uh, you're a ray of sunshine and you bring that with you. And the love that you have for people is so 
amazing and it, we can see it we can feel it so please a little bit about yourself and and uh, what you do and and what services you might be able to provide people here thanks paul i needed that because i had a very unhappy clubhouse experience trying to help somebody last night so it's so nice to be in a lovely room with supportive kind people as well so my full-time gig is a consulting psychologist for the state of california i work with um counselors and administrators to um, coach, counsel, advise uh, managers who are having staffing issues, calm and soothe uh, staff who are a little overworked, burned out. And I also assess individuals, diagnose them, and hopefully get them the services they need so that they can come back into the workforce um, and have happy, healthy lives that feel productive. In my private practice, today I'm off for a four-hour evaluation at Juvenile Hall for a 17-year-old who's facing life in prison. So we're working to put together a comprehensive case for the judge to show uh, rehabilitation, uh, you know, potentiality, and to show the um, reduction in recidivism. And I also have some private clients as well. So I also work with some chief medical officers um, privately coaching uh, to help, you know, with burnout issues, um, self-soothing, self-regulatory issues. And I have a website, it's uh, com. I also have a YouTube channel, which has a lot of the practices, because I'm also a registered yoga teacher and a mindfulness-based stress reduction facilitator. So I have the YouTube channel to share these practices that people pay for. <laughs> so you can just access them at YouTube for free. Um, I know there's ads. If you have YouTube premium, you don't have the ads. Once in a while, I'll post one of the um, videos on my website for free if you really cannot stand the ads. So right now I have loving kindness meditation on there. And if you have any suggestions for something you're looking for, let me know. I have a about 40 uh, topics <laughs> ready to write scripts for and record. Uh, so those are in progress. And if you need to contact me, you can DM me here through my website. There's a contact page. Um, and I also offer professional development um, through the California Bar Association for attorneys, mental health case considerations for attorneys. So those are just some of the things I'm working on. Thanks, Paul. Oh, thank you so much. And we appreciate you. I'm uh, sorry to hear what happened yesterday. And, you know, that sometimes does happen when you're trying to help and it, things can go south and, and it's, it's, it's just too bad. There are certain things that we can and cannot control. We talk about that in, in this room and we're just so pleased to have you here. And I'm pleased to have each and every one of you here. I mean, I've got Bern, I've got Murray, I've got Taisy, Daniel, Peter. We've got Marcella, Raj, Debbie, Nicole, Gary. Gary, you should be coming up. Zizi, Kate. Uh, we got uh, Marjan and Maggie and Jessica. We also have Hamid Kashia. Uh, I'm sorry, I probably got that wrong. Jeff, Frida, Ramuel, Hind, um, Kai Kai, and uh, Charles. And uh, let me see here. This one is Bunny Yeats Wolf. Okay, interesting. And we got um, Dang and Kathy and uh, Mr. JL, Caroline. Uh, Marilus, Thet, and Mohit. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, we do not provide uh, information here that is intended on replacing therapy or mental health uh, professional advice and guidance. 
if you are needing that kind of help, just find someone that is reliable and uh, make sure that you do. That's uh, those are professionals, and and although we have professionals that to join us, like uh, Doctor uh, Allison here, is that we are giving from the heart and from our experiences, but it's not meant to be a replacement. So I just wanted to tell you that, and also I just wanted to talk a little bit about the different rooms that we go to, and I know that there are so many rooms in our hallways. I see a lot that are talking about the latest news and a lot of them are talking about how you can make $1,000 a month and you can you can increase this, you can increase that. And there are some great rooms out there, but there's also not such great rooms out there. But one thing that a lot of rooms, well, everything that a room needs is they need people to participate and to treat each other with respect. But the people who are going into the rooms to learn about how to increase their finances they should also be dropping into rooms like this that talk about mental wellness and how to be courageous in a world where it's not easy to be at times. It can be very, very hard in this world. And the more you drop into a room like this and you, you discover ways how to, how to really fight your self-sabotage and step into your confidence and courage, then you can take on the world and go into these different rooms and know that you can actually make a difference, start something new. So what is sabotage? Let's take the word sabotage. Sabotage is to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. It's a deliberate act. When we, when we see it on the news, so such and such was sabotaged, uh, damage was done, fire was done. It was a deliberate act to damage or destroy or obstruct something. Now, self-sabotage, that refers to our behaviors or thought patterns that hold us back and really prevent us from, from moving forward. And it's not necessarily an act of sab sabotage unless we're aware that we're doing it. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. I know that I suffered from self-sabotage and depression at a very young age. And it wasn't until I started to become aware of what I was doing, but more so how I could turn the dial in my head and really start thinking of something other than sabotaging myself. When I became aware of it, then I realized every time I give in, I'm deliberately causing self-sabotage. And I don't like to do that because my job is not to damage myself or to put myself down. My job is to put myself up and to get myself out of sabotage when I become a victim of it. And as King alluded to it, we all go through it at some time. Even, you know, this past week, there have been a couple of times where um, I, I give my, my saboteur a little bit of a name, and his name is Bob, and Bob jump, jumps into my head, and he starts talking in my voice, saying, hey, you, you can't do that, and, or if this isn't going to work out. And this, the moment he drops in, I'm aware of him. And I have a conversation with him and uh, you might think I'm crazy, but I do call Bob out and I say, Bob, you've got no room here. I'm not letting you in. The exit is there. Get out. And then I will do something. It's not only replacing this positive with uh, something negative with positive thoughts. I have to change my physiology. Maybe I'll force a smile on my face or I'll start exercising or listening to some great music just to get myself into that right, right headspace. So many of us 
fall victims of self-sabotage. Some examples of, of self-sabotage, and when I go through these, ask yourself, am I doing this? Is this something that I do regularly? And if I do, what can I do to get rid of it? The first thing you want to do is to police your thoughts, to make sure that you're aware of what you're thinking. And that may sound simple, but some of us don't. Some of us start feeling a tightness in our chest or an uneasiness or a feeling of, of being depressed or blue or whatever it is without challenge. Where's that coming from? So here is how it manifests itself at times. Blaming others when things go wrong. For example, we blame a boss for a job that isn't going right or for one that we lost. or We, we blame the other person in a relationship when the relationship isn't working out. We're, we're constantly blaming people for our feelings without looking into ourselves to see what we may have done or what we can do to make the situation better. When we're not accountable to ourselves and to others, that also is an act of self-sabotage. At some point, not being accountable to yourself, a promise that you've made to yourself, for example, some of you may want to drop 10 pounds. You're specific about it. I want to drop 10 pounds by Christmas. And then you, after the second day or the third day, you go back to eating what it was that you were eating that wasn't healthy for you and you stop your exercising. You're not being accountable to yourself. That's an act of self-sabotage. If you make a promise to yourself, keep it or find someone, an accountability partner that can help you remain on track. So when you're not being accountable to yourself or making promises to other people that you're not following through on, that's an act of self-sabotage. Choosing to walk away when things don't go right. You can't handle it or you don't want to handle it. Let me rephrase that because I don't want to use the word can't. I can't handle this. Yes, you can. How I'm going to handle it, well, that's going to be different. But I can handle it, so don't just be walking away. It's not going to go away. It's not like you can stick your head in, in the fridge or in the sand and, and just think hey, everything is going to be all right because you walked away from things that weren't going right because it's not. It's coming back or it's going to manifest itself in another way, but it's not going to let you get away. It's going to keep nagging at you. Feeling overwhelmed or procrastination can also be acts of self-sabotage. Picking fights with friends or partners for no apparent reason, but there's usually a hidden reason behind that is because we want to be seen or we want to be heard. And we don't feel that the person, our partners or our friends, they may not be seeing us. So, and so we pick a fight with them as opposed to sitting down and asking to be seen and asking to be heard. Dating people that we know aren't right for us, going back to the same kind of toxic relationships. This often comes down to not valuing yourself, not realizing just how good or how amazing or how, how dynamic you are or not believing it. You might say it to yourself, but you don't believe it. There's a big difference. You have to be certain that you believe what it is that you tell yourself. So if you tell yourself you're amazing, believe it, but also examine yourself to see where you can be even more amazing and do the work. And that's part of it right there. So the energy that we give out is usually the energy that we receive in return. So if we're not confident in ourselves, if we're sending out this negative vibration, we're going to attract somebody who's not confident in themselves, somebody who's sending out the same kind of vibration, because that's what's going to click with us at that time. So start doing whatever work you need to do to become that great 
potential partner or that great employee or whatever it is. Make sure that you work at it and that you become the very best you can be. Struble, uh, trouble stating our needs and desires, and we've had a lot of this. Uh, people have difficulty at times stating what they want, what they desire with family or friends or even at work or in romantic relationships. They're just, they keep it to themselves. Nobody wants to hear me. And that doesn't do anybody any good because it's going to come out at some point or it's going to hurt you to a point where you're not going to be living that kind of life that you want to live. A lot of us compare ourselves to other people. They must be having a better life than I am because they look so happy. They're this, they're that. Boy, would I ever want that. And that's taking a look at somebody else, imagining that they are actually living a better life than you, and they may not be. It may all be a lie. But why are you comparing yourself to anyone? The only person that you should be comparing yourself to is yourself, who you were yesterday or six months. Have I grown? Am I happier? What am I doing to become the person that I want to be? The work's not going to be done for us. It's got to be done by us. And we can be happy because happiness does not come from external things. It comes from inside. It comes from a choice that you make. Putting ourselves down is a big one. This is the one that hits me every once, once in a while. Why does this always happen to me? <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute, Paul. <laughs> you can't be thinking that way. It doesn't always happen to you. It's happening to everyone else around you too. So smarten up. And another one. Why me? I... I won't make it. I won't succeed at this. So why should I even try? Um, I'm not worthy. Nobody loves me. Whatever it is, those lies that you tell yourself, it's time to check yourself. Be your personal, uh, I guess, evaluator. Evaluate what you say, what you say to yourself. Examine your self-talk. Monitor your self-talk and change the narrative. It needs to be out. Uh, it needs to be out. And if it's outdated, get it out. Anyways, that's what I wanted to add to the conversation. And we'll get started out. And uh, as we speak to um, uh, to our, our guests here on stage, uh, to my moderators, just jump in whenever you want to speak. And we'll keep the, uh, the shares at about uh, three minutes or so. And then uh, we'll tuck you back into the audience gently. Um, any one of my moderators want to add anything before we, we go forward? No? Okay. Berna, welcome. Over to you. Hello, everyone, again, and happy Saturday. And actually, I when I heard King was talking about Turkey, before that, um, I want to say a special thank you to Dr. Allison for Monday Night Room. They are hosting with um, Dr. Norman, and it's such an amazing room, and I cannot get enough of it. I try to listen as much as I can. And um, about Turkey... King, I will send you my email and phone number. I don't know if you utilize WhatsApp type application, but my family is from Turkey. So I was born in south of Turkey by Mediterranean coast. And uh, yeah, I don't know your trip is uh, work related or just a vacation. I can give you lots of tips about history and places to go and so certain meals to try. Um, I will, yeah, I will back channel you and I just want to make it short because I know you guys share a lot of great nuggets for everyone. So I am happy to be here. I will reach out to you, King. Thank you. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Berna. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is work related, but I will have some free time my own. So it'd be great to get some insights. So yeah, th thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, thank you. 
All right. Thank you. And thank you, Berna. Just going to put you back into the audience, but come back up if you want to. And I'm going to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening to Marae. I think it's afternoon there. Or is it morning? <laughs> no, it's it's 9.30 a.m. And I'm getting ready to go work out outside. And um, I really don't have any questions. I just want to share First off, thank you, King, for following me. God love you. I listen to you every week. And Paul, uh, you drop golden nuggets every Saturday. And then um, I got a phone call from somebody who wanted me to uh, help them. I'm a professional obedience dog trainer. And I said, um, and it's a service that I give over the phone to people who do reach out. It's my it's my way of paying back because my client list reads like who's who. <laughs> anyway, I said, oh no, I'm in my psychology room. I, I no, I said, I cut off my whole life uh, for those two hours. You know, she's, she will be calling me at 11.30. By then we'll be finished. I said, no, no, this is for my, my spirit, my mind, my body. This is for every part of my being and i said i am so this is what i do but i'll be happy to help you after 11 30. so uh this room and i acknowledge myself is a gift to me i'm going through something right now which i don't choose to share but it's okay because it's this room and dr norman's room and and because i'm with him every monday and dr allison was there uh, it's rooms like this that Paul said, they feed you, they feed you, and you take action. And I, I'm working on that, and it, it's going to be wonderful. And when, when you called upon me, I was right in the middle of reading Dr. Allison's, um, what she sent me uh, uh, via email, the, the um, affirmations. So I was right in the middle, and I went, oh, this is the perfect time for Paul to call upon me. So thank you, everybody. I am grateful. I am grateful for today. I'm grateful that I could be here in this room to nurture my soul, my whole being. Thank you. And and Paul, you can go ahead and tuck me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I just wanted to say how much we do appreciate you dropping in. And, and it's always nice because it's like a family. And when we see our family members drop in and everybody's supporting each other, even if they come up to just say, hey, I'm going through something, but I'm so glad that I'm in a room of people who care and I matter to these people and to all of you. And it's just so nice to have you week after week, whenever you can, because, uh, Marae, you've got a great heart and it's just so nice to hear you. And I just wanted to say that. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to tuck you back in, and we're going to go to, actually, we're going to have Michelle, if Michelle is available to uh, reset the room, then we're going to go over to Tazy. Michelle? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. To everyone just coming into this clubhouse, you're in the Take Control of Your Life Club. I couldn't think of a better club to hang out in. I certainly would like to take control of mine. Uh, and there's a little greenhouse there. It looks like a Monopoly house. If you wouldn't mind clicking on that, that will, you know, allow you to see when we're going live each Saturday. And that's what we've done for the last year and a half is spent about two hours every Saturday, currently from 12 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in this wonderful room called, you know, Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Control. And we've just created an incredible community uh, of peeps that have come in every week. And sometimes we get new peeps in and we love that too. And 
you know, our big thing is come up on stage and share because most likely everybody's had some experience with this or knows someone who's currently, you know, coming right up against this, uh, you know, struggling with different ways that people self-sabotage. So, you know, if you wouldn't mind also, if you want to come up on stage, we have a little rule and we ask that you follow it. And that is, please make sure you write something in your bio. That's the profile uh, with your picture so that we can learn a little about you before you bring you up. And we'd additionally love it if you'd be attached to either Twitter or Instagram or put, you know, a social media link in your bio so that we can reach you outside of this room. Number one, sometimes the Clubhouse app is glitchy. And number two, part of it, this uh, dialogue is about resonating with other people and building healthy relationships. And what a better way than to be with people who are thinking about uh, similar topics and really diving into it. So we hope you'll come back. Please follow all of the speakers that come up on stage today. It's a great way to thank them for their willingness to come up and share their wisdom follow the mods that you resonate with, uh, for sure follow Paul. And uh, please look into looking at that link right there because that is Paul's book. And uh, Paul sent me a copy and I've been listening to it, uh, you know, on, you know, by instead of reading it and it's really fabulous. And so with that, Paul, I pass the mic back to you. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Great reset as always. And yeah, you know what? I, I just got to share this. <laughs> Uh, the book, I when the pandemic hit, there were a couple of homeless shelters that popped up in my neighborhood here in Toronto, and it was a couple of months into it, and everybody thought, hey, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Remember that? Like, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. This thing's going to be over in a month, and we realized it wasn't going to be over, and so I took uh, several copies of my books out to different homeless shelters uh, to ask them if they had a library. And I, I gave the books to these shelters. A couple of weeks later, I was curious as to whether anyone would have picked them up. And this, uh, I went to this one shelter and they said, yeah, there's no copies left. They've all been picked up. And I said, well, thank you. So I'm walking in my neighborhood with a copy of my hand, uh, a copy of my book in my hand. And this gentleman started following me. And uh, I, he, I looked at him and he looked at me and he, he comes over and he says, uh, yeah, that book take control of your life. He says, that's a good book. I said, oh, this one? And he says, yeah. He says, I'm reading it. <laughs> we had the most delightful conversation. And he was a member of that shelter. And a few months later, he sent me the nicest email telling me how he was no longer homeless and how he had now found a job and he had somebody in his life. And he accredited a lot to the book, but I credit it to him, the decisions that he made in his own life. And the reason I bring him up is because just two days ago, I got another email from him in which he's giving me his progress, that he's doing well. It is within each and every one of us to turn our circumstances around. And when I get those emails from this gentleman, it just brings joy to my heart because we've got the tools, we've got the gifts, we've got other people out there to support us. And so we can make it happen for ourselves. So I wanted to just share that. So thank you. Um, and I'm going to go over to Taisy. Taisy, over to you. Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Good morning. 
Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you all so much for coming each week. And, you know, I realized this morning that I've been coming to this room for over a year now because it was a year ago that I was in Colorado. Um, and I remember going online and talking in Colorado. So, uh, you know, at the very beginning, I want to get back to what you said, Paul, about keeping promises to yourself. And I remember clearly at the very beginning when I started coming into this room that that was one of my goals was to make doable promises to myself and to keep them. And I was, I was working through the clutter in my house, which I'm still doing, which I'm still consistently working through. Well, not every day, but um, I'm back in on it now. And it's reminding me of how much I've accomplished in the last year. And I think it's really important for me is to look back over for all of us, to look back over and to see how far we've come and to see the improvements and to really congratulate ourselves on those. So that's my first bit this morning. I missed my sister, but um, I'm coming to a, a place of just being so appreciative that she was in my life and that um, that I had her so close to me, especially the last two months. But putting pictures of her up have helped and um, and it's it's much better than it was. What I'm noticing now is that transformation within myself where I'm not <laughs> burden now with she wasn't a burden I was happy with everything that we did together and I did for her but I'm noticing now that the stress is alleviated that I'm not cluttered emotionally and that I'm really able to focus on my life to a greater extent so I'm really really thankful for that as well and the last thing is your book Paul, you know that I've like gifted that book out all over the place because it's so concise, it's so usable, and it's so damn good. So thank you for that book. And Maggie Lee, my friend, is in the audience, and I'm gonna give her uh I'm gonna give her a copy. <laughs> and that's it for me this morning. Thank you, everybody. Ah, Tazy. You know, we we just love you so much. And to hear your progress and how strong you've become in the last year and the things that you're doing. Cause you, who was it? It was Morpheus who said to Neo, there's a difference between walking the path uh, and just knowing the path. And this is very, very true. We hear some great things in these rooms and other rooms on mental wellness. And I know Monday's room, I want to get there more often with uh, Dr. Norman and Dr. Allison, because I've been in that room and it's just amazing shares. And if you're not going there, you must. Uh, it's just so good. But we can hear all this great content and how other people have, have mm, turned their challenges into something that they can manage and that they can get overcome whatever it is but unless we're not willing to do the work and to really work at it and it's not always easy it, but we have to be consistent unless we're not willing to do it they're only going to be words they're going to be nice thoughts give us a, a warm feeling for a couple of minutes like hey other people are doing it yeah i could do it too and then you get back into that self-sabotage because you're not doing the work and once you do that work, once you find that key 
and start using that key, you get stronger. You get stronger. Everyone suffers from self-sabotage. Doesn't matter who that person is. Some of the most inspiring people in the world that we can think of have suffered at some point in their lives from self-sabotage. The difference is they learn how to manage it and how to take control of their lives and say no when the saboteurs come in and they turn their messes into messages. Uh, they write their experiences into books. They do all kinds of things. They start rooms like this to help support other people. And you can too. I just wanted to share that. So Tazy, you're just so awesome. And thank you for always mentioning my book. Um, please give it a good five-star review. And I, I'd love that. So thank you for everything that you do. And I wanted to also touch on how strong you are. I saw before your sister passed all the love that you were pouring into her and the things that you were saying and how you were there for her every moment that you possibly could. And it brought warmth to each and every one of us here. I know that we, we were just going through it with you. And you mentioned something too. Um, when someone passes and we have these wonderful remembrances of them, we are grateful for the moments that we had with them, right? And the pictures bring us memories and all kinds of things that um, brings joy to our hearts. They're never gone. They're never, ever gone. Those that we love are never gone because we don't allow them to leave. <laughs> they have part of our heart and they are in our hearts. Uh, I remember my, my mother uh, who was suffering from dementia and we knew that she was going to pass and we were all in her room and we were waiting because she was in, in pain and uh, she passed at 11, 11 p.m. And the, at the funeral, we all had smiles on our face. We were sad, yes, but we all had smiles on our face. And we told stories of, of some of the things that my mom did and some of the things that she said and just how great she was. We, we actually celebrated um, her life. And it made such a big difference to everybody who attended the funeral. And we've got to remember that we can celebrate a person's life when they are no longer with us by telling those wonderful stories and sharing what it is that we loved about them and just saying, wasn't it great that I had that moment? And this is what you've done to remind us, Tay that we need to do this more often with the people who are um, not with us physically, but they're with us in spirit. So thank you for reminding us of that, Tay I appreciate you. And yes, Dr. Allison. I just want to say, you know, the same thing, basically, you know, Taisy, you've allowed us to watch you on your journey as you bravely have done the work. And for so many people, you know, they want that magical thinking, you know, I'm here, I want to go there and forget everything that's ugly and hard and, you know, cringeworthy. <laughs> and you have embraced it and allowed us to witness this beautiful um, path that you're traveling on and it's always the journey you know it's finding that peace in the journey and sitting with the discomfort so that we can appreciate the comfort at you know at different points in the journey and for so many of us and Paul had shared this in his beautiful monologue um, which is brilliant as always that we need to really think about that daily 
routine, that, that discipline of practice, because that's what it is. It's a practice. And, you know, I remember talking to this um, nuclear physicist once, and he, and he was training me in um, grad school. And he said, the training, the rigor in the training is so that we can have those serendipitous moments of insight that blows our minds and opens our, our horizons. And that's what that work is. It's to uncover, discover, discard all of the stuff that doesn't serve us anymore and to bring us closer to our true being. And I also want to say for anybody who is not familiar with Tessie's photos, um, Tessie's photos, she has a her Instagram. I checked um, and chat this morning if that was her because she's such an amazing photographer and her Instagram is Tessie Photo. I hope it's okay to share that. No, beautiful photo. They're just so, they're fun. And like there was Will Rogers one day. I'm like, oh my God, just charming, serendipitous, fun moments of, of joy. And I think we all can use some more of that. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh yeah. That's, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I see her photos too, and I just love them. <laughs> Daisy, thank you so much uh, for coming up. Michelle, did you want to add something? You know, I, first of all, I just want to say, I literally, this is absolutely the deal. Look forward to waiting for you to come in the room, Daisy. Um, and you've just, you're in my heart and you're in my heart because of how relatable you are to me and to others out of uh, all of the things that Dr. Allison said. And one of the things that I think that has been really, really, really cool is your stand that you took for yourself, right? And it stands like a declaration of possibility. And you entrusted Paul, uh, and you've entrusted everyone else in the room and other people in your life with taking yourself on and having those people around you as a support. And I think it's really resolute uh it's it's like being resolute but it's even beyond that and it's really like you've shaped new behaviors and and you've challenged at least this is what i've heard is you've challenged some fixed beliefs and you've challenged some emotions that a, a lot of other people might not easily tread into and the result has really been extraordinary um it is has been an honor to be with you and i think it is uh a little bit about resiliency and it just depends upon you know how we pivot and it reminds me of something um i'm reading a great book and the um the author says that wind extinguishes a candle and energizes fire so think about that it, it extinguishes a candle and it energizes fire and also like a lot of us have trouble with with self-sabotage around uncertainty and around chaos. But it's like learning how to dance in it, learning how not to hide from it so that you're the fire wishing for the wind, right? Rather than the candle fearing it. And that's, that's really what I experience with you. And I just wanted to say thank you and <laughs> can't wait till next Saturday. <laughs> Mike, back to you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> Thank you, Tazy.
Well, we celebrate you because you celebrate life and you celebrate joy. And uh, we just love having your light in our room. So thank you for that. It reminded me um, so much this, this conversation about gratitude and to remind ourselves to be grateful for those who are in our lives and uh, for what they've brought to us because they bring us joy and gifts and so many other things. What also reminded me of uh, when you were all talking is that if, if we know what to do, and we've been talking about that, and yet we only do it once in a while, we only work our, on ourselves once in a while, then we're not going to get to where we want to be. It's like having a map, you know where you want to go, but you're only going to take a few steps, then you're going to stop for a couple of months. You're not going to uh, pick up what it is, the work that you need to do, and you're not going to do it. It's not going to get done. It's just not going to get done. As we age, um, I think we reach the age of 30 when they, it's 30 or shortly after that, where they say that people start to lose their muscle mass and it's harder to keep muscle on. And that reminds us that our bodies need care. Uh, just as our minds need care, our bodies need care. And it's those people who, as they age, they remain fit by doing resistance training. They're consistent. They go for walks. They do this. They do that. Because they know that if they don't do the work consistently, daily, then they're going to lose that muscle mass and their bodies are going to break down on them. And they may not live a long and happy life. They may live a long one, but they may have their aches and pains and complain about how their joints don't move anymore. And where am I going with this? You're probably wondering, Paula, have you gone crazy? No. The same is true when we think about our minds and what needs to get done or what we need to do in order to beat self-sabotage. We can't just do it once or twice and then forget about it and give in to the challenges of life because there's not much that can affect you unless you allow it to affect you. And we hear from people who have been hit by so many devastations, who have turned things around and said, I'm not going to let that get to me. My mindset is one in which I am, I'm good with this. I can make this work. I can do something different, whatever it is. It's really up to us to do the work and to remember to keep the flame inside of us alive, both physically and mentally, just to keep doing the work. Because if you want that beach body, you can't go to the gym just once or twice. If you want to write that book, you can't just go to the typewriter or to your computer and type for about five minutes and say that it's done. It's not going to get done until you do the work and you find out how to do the work by joining rooms like this and rooms like Dr. Allison's and, and Dr. Norman's and, and Michelle's and uh, Lenny's and King's. And you just make sure that you get as much information, take those notes down and do the work. And I'll talk more about that in a bit. But before I go and um, for a reset from King, I see that Eleni has joined us. And Eleni, I wanted to see if you're there. Flash your mic if you are. 
And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you for an introduction. And then King will reset the room. We'll go to Daniel. Hello, everybody. I'm Eleni. I'm a painter and artist. Actually, my background is TV and theatre from the age of seven. But I've ended up working over the years with many, many brain surgeons and neuroscientists um, got involved in that, kind of fell into it. And I work with a lot of charities, one in particular where we re-educate children from 16 to 24 who have become victims and live in sabotage. And we take them out of that place and allow them to become victorious for who they truly are, give them back their worth so that they know standing is in their worth is where they allow wonder to come to them. Which is actually here for all of us to step out of that and step into the blessings and the abundance that life has for us. And I'm Eleni. Thank you, Eleni. And uh, it's time to ping some people into the room, but I'm going to turn it over to King so he can reset the room and tell us all about how to do that. King, are you there? I am. Thank you, Paul. And as Paul mentioned, it's time to ping people into the room. So if you are enjoying this, and especially if you know people who would benefit from the conversation or someone else who might be able to contribute to our conversation, you can ping them into the room. And if you can do that by there's a little button at the uh, at the bottom um, where in at least in my screen, it's a square with an arrow on it. So you click on that and you can uh, click on also the invite people and there you can uh, tap on the names of your friends that you know uh, might enjoy the room, but also as well, if you can also share the room as well. So either whether you share it through Twitter, Facebook, or share it here on Clubhouse, just to let people know what, you know, incredible things are waiting for them in this room, especially for anyone that's dealing with any self-sabotaging um, incidents in their own life. You know, they're as you can see, there is help here. There are some great people here that are willing to, you know, to, to, to listen. There are people here that are, that can help, uh, you know, it, you know, get get you on your way. Of course, you know, as Paul mentioned, we we won't be able to solve everyone's problems here in this room, but uh, we can definitely get you on the road towards it. Sorry about that. Um, get you in a better place than uh, than you were before, and so. Uh, definitely welcome as well. Thank you so much for joining us for Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage Room. And of course, this room happens every Saturday at noon Eastern time and has been going on strong since January of 2021, which is crazy when I think about it. But it's all due to you guys just being incredible supporters, uh, all the amazing moderators that keep you know, that selflessly volunteer the time every single week to contribute. We could not have done this without any of you. And so thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And of course, this room is hosted by the Take Control of Your Life Club. So if you aren't already a member of the club, make sure you tap the greenhouse above my head and become a member so you'll be notified about this and other rooms that we run during the week. And of course, if anyone does want to come up and um, participate on the stage, last call, 
for anyone to raise up your hand because we will be turning off the hand raising very shortly just because we do want to keep the rooms at about two hours in length and so we've got just over an hour left and so if you do want to come up raise up your hand and of course i do say anyone that does want to come up make sure that you do have something written in your profile and make you know ideally social media link as well that way we know that you're not just here to disrupt the stage and that uh, you are a real person but of course if you aren't able to come up on stage to speak you can share in the room chats which will remain open for the entire room so feel free to put your questions and comments in the room chat and uh, finally um, make sure you know take a look around the room because there's a lot of great people here you know obviously the people on the stage are absolutely amazing especially my moderators but there's also a lot of really interesting people in the room as well so just take a look to your left to your right tap on you know everyone's uh icons there and uh, read their bios because everyone has an amazing story and if you see someone's story who resonates with yours give them a follow because clubhouse the experience here is shaped so much by the people you follow the rooms you go into the clubs you belong to so if you're going to be here you might as well make it the best possible experience ever and for anyone that hasn't already filled out their bios that's another reason to do it as well and it's not just to be able to come up on stage to chat and definitely i can tell you moderators are usually very hesitant to bring anyone up on stage that doesn't have a bio written. Like you don't have to have a lot, just, you know, you write a little bit, but it's just enough to, for them to, to get an idea of who you are and just to make sure that you are a real person, but also the connections that you can make here because everyone goes and reads other people's bios and checks everyone out. And so write it, you know, and you never know, you might just make a, a, a new friend here. And uh, every opportunity we have to make new friends is absolutely amazing. And the easier we can make that process, the better it is. And so with that, I think I've covered everything. And Paul, if you are ready to take the reins back from me, I will pass the microphone back over to you, Paul. You bet. Thank you, King. Great reset as always. And uh, thank you. Uh, I'm going to go right over to Peter. Peter, are you there? Flash your mic if you are. Welcome, sir. Right here, Paul. How you going, mate? Hey, Michelle. Hey, King. Uh, I'll keep this real quick. I think I want to do my reset for myself. Um, King, you helped me out with mum. She was having some distress at home. Mum is in an assisted care facility now. Her house has been sold. She's good as gold. The um, What she sees continues. That's all right. Uh, gang, my mate Bruce in Townsville, he ain't dead yet. <laughs> He's... He's doing his, whatever he does in Townsville. Maybe the weather is good, the, the, better than it is in Ballarat, which is sensational. I spoke about a new member of my team. He is not a plant. He just wants to work with us, which is sensational. Um, and we'll continue on boarding with him. And I get a lot of support from you guys i didn't check in last saturday night because i was too busy playing drums <coughs> with my rock and roll band <laughs> and um, a couple of them are ex-army musos like me just wanted to share i saw chris rock last wednesday night in melbourne and goodness me my face still hurts from smiling. I know some of his subject matter is not for everyone, 
but goodness me, it was wonderful. And that's why I just wanted to come back and share that because I get same sort of <clears throat> experience, gratitude, smiles, talking to you all like we do this Saturday night. It's late in Australia, but I just wanted to wait up and share that with you. Um, goodness me. Um, there was one question I had. Uh, in my team, they just increased my budget by 51%. I'm not worried about that because it's probably not achievable. <laughs> but we will see. It's only the middle of August. Um, with that, Paul, back to you, mate. Thank you, Peter. But but Chris Rock was hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> so I'm just staying with that and staying with you guys because you make me smile. Uh, well, thank you, Peter, and you bring joy into the room as well. A uh, comedian like that, yes. Um, some of the material might be a little iffy, but he is one incredibly funny man. He shares his gifts with others. And uh, he's a reminder, too. I, I just put a, a short, funny video of somebody doing drums. Whenever we have a gift, it's our it's really our responsibility to uh, to share it with other people, like share what it is that we've been gifted with. And everybody has been gifted with something. So share your art. Eleni does art, uh, you know, like it's beautiful art. If you haven't seen hers, uh, you just got to go to her page and, and just share what it is that you have with others. So thank you, Peter. And uh, really glad to hear um, that things are going well and really appreciate when you come up. So I'm going to tuck you back into the audience and uh, just take a moment here um, to say how grateful I am uh, for everybody in the room one of the things that uh, has come out in this conversation, and we've had such great shares, is the matter of doing the work and being consistent with it. And how many of you are actually starting your day off with intention? And what I mean is taking just a few moments every day before you start with your busy day to remind yourself of what you have to be grateful for. That's one big thing. You can take just a minute or two and just say, I am so grateful I woke up. I'm so grateful I am in good physical condition. I'm so glad that I have a meal. I'm so glad that I have this person in my life, these people in my life. Just taking a few moments to be grateful. That's such a, an energy that is given to us, gratitude. And then we talk to ourselves and we tell ourselves how we're going to do today. And I will look, and I will look at myself in the mirror, Paul, you're going to do great today. Today's going to be a fantastic day. You're not going to get, let anything get you down. You're amazing. I do that. I don't always do it, but I do it 70% of the time. And I'll do it during the day, too, to remind myself when things are maybe a little bit stressful. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you've got this. And then I'll do some deep breathing, and I'll go through my day. Everyone is going to experience different things. But if we set our day off with intentionality, I intend to have this day. Uh, Michelle and Glenn had a great room on how, how do you pronounce yourself to the world? What is it that, what energy are you bringing into the world? We get to choose that energy. And if you choose a, a good, high 
energy, a strong energy, one of confidence and one of courage and one of servitude, then you're going to walk into a room with this energy and it's going to be contagious. People will be drawn to you. It's so important that we do that. So thank you for that. And uh, our next speaker is the wonderful ZZ. And ZZ, are you there? ZZ? I know she was just a moment. Yeah, there she is. I am. I am here. Over to you, ZZ. Um, I just uh, wanted to say that if you actually believe in your heart that you are responsible for everything that you do, and <clears throat> probably even responsible for things that happen all around you, then I don't think you would have any room for self-sabotage because you are responsible. You can get away from it and you have to uh, abide by that. And that's what I like about the philosophy behind the whole Oponopono, because one of their main principles is that you have to believe that you're responsible for everything that happens. And if you want to get rid of what you see that you don't like in others, clean up yourself by repeating the four things of the Ho'oponopono, which I am sorry, please forgive me, I love you, and thank you. <clears throat> you actually mean that you're asking God to forgive you for not realizing how much he loves you and how much you love each other, and that's what it is. So I, believe, I really believe in that, and I think it's a very good uh, technology or philosophy to live by. Um, and I have seen, I have seen it in, in my astral travels because when you travel in, in nothingness within yourself and you realize that everything is within you, then how can you blame anything outside yourself? There's nothing out there. It's all an illusion. Like separation is an illusion. We're only one, all of us, reflections of the divine. So that's what I have to say. Mm, thank you, ZZ. And I really appreciate that you brought up that, uh, that simple prayer that has so much power. It's the Ho'oponopono prayer for anybody who may have heard of it. And, and I just want to take a moment on it because I was introduced to this powerful, powerful uh, set, these four sentences, as ZZ said. These four sentences, this, it's a Hawaiian prayer. And it really is a prayer of asking for forgiveness from someone, truly asking for forgiveness. And I know that in, I think it was Hawaii, there was this, there is this jail, not was, there is this jail of hard- It's the psychiatric hospital uh, where Lan Hu was working with criminally insane. And he got them all cured by just working on himself with nothing, without talking to anybody, doing anything, but cleaning up himself by repeating those four sentences. It's almost like a miracle. It is powerful. I've read uh, how, how strong it is. And here they are, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, and it comes from the heart, uh, you would say, and it doesn't have to be in this order, you can use whatever order you want, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Those four sentences, and you repeat them. You'll take a look at the person that you're with in the eyes. 
and repeat them. And it is powerful. I know I've done that in the past. I've had that done to me in the past. And it is a powerful prayer. So it's, it's very simple. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Uh, if we did more of this in the world, I don't think we'd have that much uh, trouble. Do you? And so I thank you, ZZ. I'm just going to tuck you back into the audience, but you are such a joy to have in the room. You bring so many great ideas and thoughts, and that prayer has been on my mind actually recently. Uh, Michelle. Yeah, I just wanted to say to ZZ that, you know, what ZZ and to everyone else, I don't know if you could even wrap our heads around everything that ZZ just lay uh, lay down for us. And I just wanted to thank you, ZZ, for sharing how you shared what you shared. Uh, because, you know, there is opportunity for all of us to really understand who we truly are, to um, kind of get outside of the constraints of our, our egoic brain for a moment and experience that profound experience of connection, of being nothing and everything. And she also shared about taking responsibility, and I'm a huge believer in that. And I just wanted to share something that um, I did some work with American Express, uh, uh, and they had this incredible way that they looked at responsibility. So I hope you don't mind, but I wanted to share it because it's different than the way I look at it and yet the same. And that's what I love is that there are, you know, like 8 billion different ways, however many human beings there are to look at any one subject. And they said that responsibility is choosing to respond. That, that I knew already. But then they said, it's the contract you make with yourself stating how you're going to live. Responsibility is the contract you make with yourself stating how you're going to live. And included in that contract are standards that you want to strive for, the integrity you want to fight for, and the reputation that you want to be known for or, you know, your legacy. And it, it's a very private matter, but it's one that you measure your life against silently keeping score. And that's, I, I loved that interpretation of it. And so I wanted to add that because CZ opened up how powerful it is to take responsibility for our lives, for everything that gets created uh, and everything around us. And so um, CZ, just love you. So powerful. Mike to you, Paul. Thank you, Michelle. That was powerful as well. Oh, CZ wants to come back up. We're going to bring her right back up. Here we go. I think she's coming back up. Are you there, Susie? No, not yet. Well, the extension, uh, she'll come back up. All right. So thank you. And yes, she always brings, there she is. I, I just want to be very grateful for you and for Michelle and, and Paul. It's such an amazing room, really. And I have to say that it's like Murray was saying, uh, to attend it has become like a real habit with me because I always learn and it reminds me of things that I have not thought about. And then they become more, you know, palatable and more useful for me. With all these great moderators, I'm a very lucky person. Thank you, Paul, for having a great room. Uh, thank you so much, Zizi, for coming up. And it's not uh, my room alone. I can't do it without my great moderators who join me week after week. And uh, just I have 
such great souls who are in this room and, and people like yourself who join us. And uh, I'm looking back, I'm a grateful man. So I learn something every time I'm in this room, every, every time. Something I was just thinking about um, that I want to share with you. Have you ever tried to uh, influence someone, get them to maybe change a behavior or just get them to do something? You ever tried to influence anyone? It's almost impossible to influence someone if you're judging them, right? If you're judging them and you're trying to get them to change their behavior, it's almost impossible to do. I know a lot about positive influence, but if you're judge, if you're judging them, you're not going to get them to change their behavior. So how does this apply to us? Well, if you're trying to influence change in yourself while you're judging yourself, your past, whatever it is, how effective do you think you're going to be in making change? If you continue to judge yourself for some of the things that you've done in the past or some of the things that other people have done to you in the past, but if you keep on judging yourself, then you're not likely to affect the change that you want in yourself. We have to drop guilt and judgment of ourselves and oftentimes we just have to take a look at people in a different light too, because they're broken. Some of them are broken and maybe what they've done to you, it was because they needed, um, I don't know, help. And maybe that we, we've heard, hurt people hurt people. And sometimes we have to look at them and just wonder what it is, what it is, what burdens or crosses do they carry? And just not take things so personally. So many of us take things personally. He hurt my feelings. No, 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 no. Eleanor Roosevelt once said that nobody can hurt you without you giving them permission. And I, I believe in that statement. Anyway, I just wanted to add that because I think that a lot of us can judge ourselves far too harshly. And I, I talk about this almost every week, is that we are not the people we were six months ago or a year ago. And if we are, why the hell are we? <laughs> what is it that you haven't done or that I haven't done? If I look at myself and I'm still that person that hurt somebody six months ago, a year ago or whatever, I let myself down. I didn't do the work. I didn't, I am a work in progress. I know that, but I have to make the effort to become the person that I envision. What Michelle just said about writing who this person is, making a contract with yourself, whatever it is. We cannot guilt and shame ourselves for things that have happened in the past if we have done the work to not repeat those mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes at times. We're human. And as long as we can recognize where we've gone wrong, think about it, and truly put energy into never doing that again, then we're better than the people we were six months ago, six weeks ago, even six days ago. And it is an effort and it is work, but we all need to do it. So that's my little spiel. And I want to welcome Gary. You haven't seen him. Gary, are you there? Flash your mic if you are, sir. Wonderful. Good to see you. Over to you. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm in the midst of, of uh, nicotine fitting right now. I'm on day three of, of just getting rid of the cigarettes and hooey. So I just try not to self-sabotage. <laughs> so I figured I would just sit in this room and, um, 
just hang out with uh, hang out with y'all and listen about that. Uh, listen about self sabotage and listen to Mr. Shell's calming voice. Yeah, that's that's about it. I you know I'm really not even in my whole mind at this point. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to think at this point. So <laughs> I'm just kind of just kind of you know white knuckling it a bit. Um, got some projects I'm looking at doing, but I just kind of I don't know. I just can't even think. <laughs> Well, you know what? You're you're in good company because sometimes that happens to us as well. I want to number one congratulate you on on having the courage to take the first step. And Lao Tzu once said that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You're three days into this, and I know that you can you can beat it. There are some apps out there uh, that you can you can actually take a look at your progress. I think one of them is called I Am Sober. You can put down cigarettes where your addiction and it will tell you how many days um, and there's even seconds that have gone by without you going for the cigarette and how much money you saved and all that kind of stuff. Just uh, set small, uh, you know, small uh, little victories for yourself. Hey, it's going to be a week. It's going to be that. It's going to be this and just keep on going. Uh, you need support, drop into this room and we'll, we'll kick your butt. How's that? Sounds good. (laughs) I see, I see ZZ wanted to say something as well. I just wanted to iterate that we are all perfect. I don't think any of us needs fixing or, or changing or doing anything. We are being created by a perfect God in a perfect universe. So I don't know why. We think people need to change or to fix. I think we, even in our physical imperfection, we're still perfect, you know? So I think we have to really think about that. And the fact that we are created by a perfect God and a perfect universe is not going to create anything imperfect, you know? So even if you see something like myself as imperfect physically, I'm perfect otherwise, you know? So I just hear this business of changing and changing and changing and fixing. And it it does bother me because I don't believe that we are imperfect or need changing. Well, thank you for that, Zizi. Appreciate you coming back up and sharing that. All right, so um, Gary, did you want to add anything more to your share before we go over to Glenn? Nope, we're good. All right, well, listen, you do whatever it is uh, that you can do to uh, go to chewing gum, whatever, but uh, you're day three, man. You're right into this. In a week or two, you're going to say, cigarettes? No, that's not going to be part of your daily thing. So way to go, man, really. Thank you for that. And Glenn, good morning, good afternoon. Yes to both of those, Paul. Good morning and good afternoon. Um, I just came in on the tail end, and it sounds like Gary has made a decision to stop smoking. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I don't know that a better decision can be made. Just want to say that, and I want you to hear it. I don't know that a better decision can be made. I think it is a beautiful pro-you decision and being a practitioner of loving you 
being a practitioner of no longer harming you and getting that as a well-rehearsed condition in your life. My buddy Don Phillips said regarding sabotage, because smoking is one of the most profound displays of sabotage there is, and sadly, unconscious sabotage. Sabotage with no mindfulness about it at all. And if the cameras were to go inside of our bodies and watch what happens to us as, at a molecular level when we make this choice and we were forced to look at it, then we could no longer be in denial. And I, I honestly don't care if this sounds harsh. It, it sounds harsh because it is harsh. It's a harsh behavior. It's a harsh thing to do that harms both my dad and brother lost their lives to this. My brother's was also lost to alcoholism, yet another form of self-sabotage. And it's serious stuff that gets quickly swept under the rug because it's fairly common. It's fairly common. So in its commonness, we somehow justify it, which is a human game. A human game is to, to dignify things through their commonness. Well, then in that sense, idiocy is pretty common. And I'm not calling anyone an idiot. I'm saying idiocy is available to us every day. Every day we can choose to show up as the angels we've been designed to be, or we can show, we can show up in a way that's lesser than our capacity. And I think that's really what Zizi was alluding to, Paul. An opinion that I share, by the way. I believe that, that all of us, Certainly, one upon, once upon a time, we're perfect. We're created perfect by perfection, delivered within a perfect system in which to operate. And this is what um, Dr. Barker talks about in The Power of Decision. Raymond Charles Barker talks about we were created from perfection. We are perfection living within perfection. And does that mean that there are things we don't understand about the world? Yeah, of course, there's a lot that we don't understand about it. But is it a beautiful system? And the answer is, of course it is. So are we going to place our attention on that which is beautiful? Or are we going to place our attention on that which is not so beautiful? Because those lenses through which we look at life are going to determine the capacity in which we show up, most assuredly. Most assuredly, our outlook serves as the rudder for the very trajectory of our lives. That's where life goes. Where we look is where it goes. Follow your nose, follow your nose, follow your nose. And life follows our nose. It knows how to do that. So which way are we looking? And I love that you have chosen to look toward love, Gary. This is a love decision. It's disguised, perhaps, as something else. In a broader view, it's a decision to love you in a way that I'm guessing you haven't done in years. I don't know how many. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is that you're getting back to loving you. What a great motto. What a great motto in life. The idea of getting back to loving you. My friend Don Phillips, and I will land my plane with this. God rest his soul. Shortly before my very best friend in life passed away three years ago, and he was killed in a motorcycle accident. He said this, I got tired of playing for the other team. 
I got tired of playing for the other team. He said that to me very privately, and what he was saying is, I got tired of being the other team playing against me, against myself. That division of self was eroding his soul, and he decided he wanted to play on his own team, meaning do things that are good for the team, him being the team. I thought it was a piece of genius that I had been exposed to, and I'm forever grateful for it. I'm glad that we both lived long enough for my ears to hear his mouth say that. It was incredible. So heartfelt congratulations. And not only one day at a time, one moment at a time. And don't think in terms of what you're giving up. Think in terms of what you're gaining. Because it's nothing to give up relative to what you're gaining, which is a restored relationship both physically and emotionally between you and you. Congratulations on the letting go of one of the greatest self-sabotage acts there are. Congrats. Come on with it. I, th I think that that's a come on with it moment. Uh, let's unmute and let's come on with it. <laughs> Am I alone? Come, come on, on with it. it. Come on with it. Come on with it. Yay. You know, I, I love what you said, Glenn, about not looking. Come at on it. with it. Yes, that's it. Haroon. Um, did Haroon come up just to say, come on with did. it? Come on with it. <laughs> I love it. And and I got to say, he does it justice maybe more than anybody. I love it. Thank you, buddy. Go ahead, Paul. No, no, I was just going to say how much I love what you added at the end is that not to look at what you're giving up, but to look at what you're gaining. And I think a lot of people do the reverse. And that's why they don't see the benefit. They're not looking for it. So that and that's why it also tends way. to not last, Paul. In, in those instances, what they have in common is the focus about, oh, my God, I miss it so much or whatever. You always look at what you're gaining, not what you're losing, because they are massively disproportionate. The gain is so, so much larger than, than the imagined loss. It's not even an imagined, it's not even a loss. It's an imagined loss. It's perceived to be a loss that you're trading in for a an actual gain, not a perceptible gain, but just an actual gain. So it's a win-win on every level. And I'm just proud because to me, that's what this room is. This room is about identifying the sabotage habits of our lives and saying, I'm bigger than this. Once upon a time, I was okay with treating myself this way. I'm no longer okay with doing that. And that's what Gary's doing. So way to step up to the plate, big dog. Thank you. It's interesting that you mentioned gains. Last time I went on this journey, I gained uh, about 40 pounds. So um, <laughs> this time I'm going into it with more of a mindfulness about uh, just the sense of hunger that there is there. And I've just kind of been uh, going into this space where, you know, these hungers lie and it's, it's the hunger for food it's the hunger for attention, hunger for um, nicotine, you know, habitual hungers. Um, so I've been really kind of just sitting with that energy and going, okay, what, what are you really? And, and, you know, a lot of times I don't know what the answer is, but at, at least I know that it's not doing what I was doing before. So, yeah. So 
you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to eat a high protein lifestyle, um, and, and, and keep my, my eating, uh, hours limited. So I don't gain the weight this time. So, uh, cause that was one of the things that was holding me back was, um, I actually got to a point where I was so unhealthy because of my eating that when I started smoking, my numbers got better in some other departments. So, uh, cause I actually started smoking about five years ago again, and then, um, my numbers got better in a lot of other departments, but then, you know, so now I'm at this point where, okay, I've lost weight over the years. I'm feeling pretty good about that. And I'm going to go ahead and continue to just delve into the concept of hunger when it presents itself. Who are you? Just as I do with pain and pain teaches me to sometimes stretch, sometimes rest, sometimes walk, you know, pain teach or sometimes take ibuprofen, but um, going into it. So it's just my habit these days is to go into anything that in, that's, that's giving me a, a poke. Hey, Paul, with your blessing, may I say one more thing on this subject? Because uh, I know in my heart that it will help. It will help someone in the audience, someone of who's course. not up here on stage, someone in the audience, and perhaps it will create a ripple effect and help someone. Let's they do know. it. But but Gary, this is for you and for all others who are ready to hear this at this time. So years ago, I was uh, on stage doing a presentation in Houston. And following the show, it was a two-hour presentation live at St. Thomas University. And I remember there was a gentleman in the first row off to my left. It was sold out. It's about 250 people in this mid-sized auditorium. And this guy was sitting on the second seat from the from on the left side, from the aisle way. And he was handed the microphone to ask me a question. And he identified himself as a smoker. And he said, and after listening to this talk today, um, I, I feel like I want to give it up, but here's the truth about me. This is what he said. Here's the truth about me. And I'm going to confront you with this, Gary. He said, and I quote, I have tried to quit smoking and ultimately failed 25 times. That was the number he gave. And I said, okay, is there anything else? And he said, no, I, I just want you to know. I said, I don't believe that that's true. And he said, no, no, I'm not exaggerating. It's, it's, it's really true. He said some worked for periods of a few days, Others, I lasted a few months. One time I was, you know, I did it for a year, but ultimately all 25 times failed. I said, okay, you done? And he said, yeah. And I said, now, let me tell you why I said that's untrue. You have never failed at anything. Hear me again. You have never failed at anything because you, for starters, are a non-smoker, may I prove it? And he said, sure. I said, how long have we known each other? He said, well, we don't really know each other. I said, well, how, what I'm saying is how long have we been aware of each other? Because I've looked at you several times over the last two and a half hours, several times. And do you understand that the man I looked at, at no point did you get up to take a restroom break and at no point did you light up a cigarette? And he said, okay. I said, so the version of you that I met 
is a non-smoker. That's a literal truth. Since the moment I met you two and a half hours ago, you have sat there not only not smoking, but paying close attention and learning and expanding and growing your beingness. So you can decide to return to being a smoker if you wish, but thus far, the only version of you that I know is entirely a non-smoker. I gave him my email and he told me that that charged him with a new understanding because his failures had been based on his chronic opinionitis of himself as a failure. And he would try again, but no, and try again, but no, because he was seeing himself through that lens of failure. And the minute when I told him the actual truth is this version of you is a non-smoker. You're a butterfly now. Quit behaving as if you're still a caterpillar. You have wings, amigo. You have wings. Go look in the mirror and you'll see some evolutionary wings that are now yours. Fly them and don't guilt yourself about what you used to do when you were an emotional slash spiritual caterpillar. And this was now, this is over 10 years and he said that was the day that changed his life because it was, an, it was the same truth he had heard but from an oblique angle that allowed him to understand that. And that is true of everyone in this room. Give up your previously formed opinions of yourself because you're no longer the person that behaved that way. Allow yourself to be brand new and lean into that. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Glenn. That was powerful, and I'm sure that it's helped many, many people. What a great, great way to, to share. Oh, my Lord. Gary, how did that feel? Felt real good. Felt real good. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's funny. There is this, I don't know, you, I know there's some, several people who've gotten through this on this stage, and these first few days of fogginess are always fun, where, you know, you really everything's just kind of scattered. The brain's, you know, the, the web is all been pulled underneath. I, I don't know. It's hard to actually cogitate. Um, it seems, it, you know, to kind of put stuff together. I, I've just kind of been kind of gritting my teeth. Um, and then I've got all this work I'm, I'm looking at doing and, and then I can't focus on it. So, uh, you know, but beings that this is such a, a, big decision and, and challenging thing, I, I've decided that I'm not going to beat myself up for not uh, finishing the deck today. I got to get it oiled, but maybe I will. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to go ahead and sit with his energy and do what I have to do with that. Uh, before you do, Eleni wants to uh, pour into you, Gary, and I'm going to turn it over to her. Hello, darling, Gary. Um, first of all, bravo, super proud of you. Secondly, I just want you to be aware that the first three days actually are the most difficult. If you've got through the first three days, then that's it. It's actually started working through your body. Now it's just your mindset. So stay strong in your mind. Know that this is not a big deal for you that you've done the worst of the three days when that addiction is quite strong. And now you can just really concentrate on keep in your mindset of being healthy, being kind to yourself, and just keep saying, I'm no longer a smoker. So just know now it's the mind. And if you do get 
really hungry, just start drinking lots and lots of water so that you can balance, um, you know, the other part of a new addiction, which would be food. So, you know, just make sure that when you do think, oh, I'm hungry, actually, just think I'm thirsty. So it's really about your mindset from now. You're actually through the worst of it. You're past the three days. So bravo, bravo, darling. And um, how exciting. You're going to be brand new in lots and lots of different ways because you'll become more aware of all sorts of things around you. So I just wanted to honor you and just say, just keep within that positive mind. Thank you. What a great conversation. Thank you very much, Gary. I, I know that um, this has helped a lot of people. And uh, Glenn, thank you for what you said and for everybody else. So thank you very, very much. All right. Amir has been waiting for a very long time. Thank you, Amir. Are you still there? Flash your microphone. Amir? Yes. Welcome to the stage. Over to you, sir. Thank you, Paul. Actually, I learned a lot about um, self-improvement from um, folks that uh, talked about it for the past few minutes and um, I read uh, a couple of uh, psychologic books and what I have learned from them so far is that uh, the most important thing for you to do is that uh, you should love yourself more than any other a human being in the world and that's the key to uh, having peace having a peace of mind uh, and another thing is that people are usually a lot harder on, on themselves than the others for example if someone um, makes a mistake um, usually people forgive him a lot easier than uh, you make a mistake that uh, has uh, hurted uh, yourself. So if you can forgive yourself more and be uh, easier on yourself, then uh, then uh, you are uh, really more peaceful and more calmful uh, than before. Um, and uh, there was one book uh, from Marshall Rosenberg. I don't know if uh, any one of you uh, know him or not uh, and the title of the book was uh, MVC uh, nonviolent nonviolent communication and in that book I learned a lot about in empathy and um, there is one piece of advice that I want to uh, give uh, the people in this room and is that um, if you want to make uh, re um, your relations better with uh, others, for example, your friend, then always look at uh, any issue or anything. Look at uh, that issue from their point of, point of view too. Because when you look at uh, this uh, subject from their point of, point of view too, you realize that uh, maybe... Uh, that, that will help you that uh, you can be less judgmental. Thank you for sharing your time with me. 
Amir, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Um, I, I applaud you for coming up and for being patient and waiting. And I just wanted to say that I really appreciated your share and it came from the heart. You talked about the importance of self-love and thank you for bringing that up because we should really truly love ourselves first, right? And in that way, when we love ourselves, uh, then we can share the love that we have with ourselves to others and with others. You also touched on point of view, understanding and truly listening to another person and not judging them simply because the color of their skin may be different, their religious background may be different, their sexual preferences may be different, but truly listening to the other person. You reminded me of two of the greatest gifts that I learned when I first became a police officer, and you touched on them. Number one, we are more similar than we are different, and that's the one that you touched on. This point of view of sitting across from someone, and I had to do it on many instances, to try to understand what provoked them or, or what it was that made them do the things that they did, or I just had to understand and listening to them was so important. So thank you for those, those wonderful shares and for joining us, Amir. Uh, do any one of my moderators want to add anything more to this conversation? Hey, Paul, it's Michelle. I'll just jump in to say, you know, Amir, first of all, I just think it's so great that at such a young age, you already have those keys uh, that you, uh, you know, were curious enough or that life was throwing, you know, whatever it was throwing at you enough that you said, hey, I'm, I've got to learn more about this. And um, the book that you mentioned, Nonviolent Communication, is a really an excellent book. And, you know, I thank you for bringing it up because I'm not sure anybody in the year and a half that we've been in here has mentioned that book. And um, it's why I, I love having so many different people in this room because, my gosh, there's just a, a wealth of really great information out there already in books like like uh, Paul's and like, obvious, uh, The Heart of Wisdom, which is Dr. Norman's book, which Eleni um, so beautifully uh, has done artwork for for him, and that's above us, above our heads right now. But Amir, I'm like really glad you stayed, and I'm glad to hear you. Uh, and I'm wondering, are you? Uh, what country are you in? Are you here in the United States, or where are you? No, I'm from Tehran, the capital of Iran, right now. So it's yeah. so wonderful to hear you from Tehran, um, because I think it's so important to have people be able to touch, move, and inspire each other globally. That's what's so amazing about this app and about this room is that we get people from all over the world impacting each other. And I'm hoping that someone picks up that book that you brought up and starts to read it. And that makes a difference for them. And that would be because of you. So thank you. And with that, Mike, back to you, Paul. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Allison. I just also want to say, you know, I just went to my bookshelf to pick up my Marshall Rosen book, uh, book, uh, nonviolent communication. So sometimes we need these uh, reminders, Amir, and thank you so much. And I'm a licensed psychologist. I've been one for a long time. And, you know, these reminders are so important. It doesn't matter whether we're 15 or 95 or whether we're, you know, um, a student or a professional or, you know, whatever we're doing in life, all of us can inspire each other to 
learn and grow and develop and revisit books and knowledge that we forgot about or, you know, sort of, you know, we knew it was on the periphery of our imagination, but we need to re-engage with it. So thank you so much for that reminder, Amir. And keep coming back. We'd love to see you back here next Saturday as well. Yes, we would. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. The pleasure was ours as well. And yes, I got my copy of that book, which uh, you reminded me to to read again. So thank you for that. See how many, you know, it's amazing. Somebody will say something in the room and it touches so many people. And uh, we've heard this, like Glenn has made some incredible shares, so many incredible shares by everybody, but it just one or two things can be said and, and just reminds us of either a book we need to read or a person we need to reach out to. And Amir, thank you for doing that. So I'm um, going to take you back into the audience, but I hope to see you here next week. And uh, we are I'm just going to pull to refresh. Haroon, did you want to share something, sir? H, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. just had to get my, <laughs> my thumb on the uh, button. Thank you, my friend. Um, I do want to share something, uh, I guess a little part of myself. Um, you know, listening to Gary and and, 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 and Mr. Come On With It, Glenn Marjauer and, and Michelle and yourself, Paul, and uh, everyone that's spoken, uh, reminded me of, in my faith, I'm, I'm Muslim, so I practice Islam. And, um, and during one period of time, um, annually, uh, we fast during the month of which, which, uh, Ramadan. And uh, it, it's just an interesting phenomenon. Uh, and Gary sort of activated a, a, a thought and a memory. Um, when I fast, it, the, the most fascinating thing, <clears throat> some people, you know, before the fast comes, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, um, it is a practice by some people to fast, you know, uh, a few days before the actual technically beginning of, of, the, of the prescribed fast uh, for the month of Ramadan. <laughs> I've never done that. And, um, and I just go, when the first day comes, I just start fasting and it's from sunrise to sunset. <laughs> now during the summer in North America, um, the sun rises at, you know, 4.30-ish, and at the peak doesn't really set until like 8.30. So that's a, that's a, that's a long, substantial time, <clears throat> excuse me, of not eating or, or drinking. And, um, and the purpose that we do, I mean, this is not a religious thing, but, uh, it, it's really just a, it's for me what the point that I'm making or that I'm addressing is the mindset. I just go and it a switch turns on and I just fast. And I just do it because it's something bigger and greater than myself. I don't do it for myself because I've tried to fast like, you know, non during non-Ramadan times and I I experience myself as not being as disciplined because <clears throat> that fast is for me during non-Ramadan, and I, and I haven't mastered that discipline of, of, of fasting during non-periods of, 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 of that, you know, prescribed time. 
And so I say that to say this. Um, it's a reminder for myself as well that the mindset, what we, what I focus on, and the reasons that that we do things, the reasons that we take action, kind of pull us towards um, an outcome. It's like a magnet. So I I get to remember that why why am i doing this why do why do i want to you know stop smoking why do i want to you know release excess weight why do i want to you know be healthier why do i want to um have a have any outcome why does it matter and that the answer to that question is the meaning of it all. It's the meaning because we're all meaning-making machines. And the moment we give meaning to something, we give it power and we give it life. I believe. Could be wrong, but I believe that. And that giving something the most important meaning, the most significant meaning, the most impactful meaning will will pull us through those mm-hmm. times of, of challenge and difficulty and um and it creates that resolve so i, I do i when, do when like I that wanted... age, um, sorry for piping in but yes no go ahead brother no attaching the right meaning uh and understanding why it is that we're doing the things that we're doing i, I love that share so thank you for that thank you and uh and uh you know that's what i got that was all my spirit to say and uh with that i'm done i've spoken who come on with it come, come on, on with, with it, it. Maybe could, <laughs> come on with it maybe you could gently cut me back into the uh into the uh audience like a nap no i'm joking don't talk to me please don't talk to me no i'm joking all right there you go <laughs> thank you h uh always a joy to have him he brings a smile to people's faces and it's so great all right, I'm going to go over to Car- oh, Carletta. Thank you so much for waiting patiently. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you if you're there. Are you there, Carletta? Um, hi. Um, good afternoon, uh, everyone, and thank you for allowing me the opportunity. I just want to first give honor to each of you in the room today um, and just offer a quick share. Um, uh, uh, August 1st, I started uh, fasting and praying about some things that were going on in my life. I had recently lost my mom, so I have been, um, I- I'm going to say, use the word consumed um, with grief um, around that and uh, other things in my life. And so I um, was in Clubhouse, and this was just three weeks ago walking through the halls, kind of scrolling through the halls and came upon this room. And it was truly a blessing and an answer to my prayers. Uh, Almost as immediately as I put the prayers out, I received an answer. And coming into this space um, has allowed me to really address some of the things that I have before God Um, And I believe that nothing happens by happenstance. There's no such thing as um, chance, that it's all by divine purpose. And so I'm so grateful to have uh, entered into this space. 
Um, <clears throat> the first day that I was here, the following Monday, I had to do um, opening for, I work in a school system and um, I had to do the opening for the year for our leaders. So Glenn, I thank you for sharing about the rooms of consciousness because I did share that with them. And I had people coming up to me afterwards saying, hey, um, can you give us that your speech? Because it was so great and I love the rooms and the superintendent followed by inviting everyone into room four. So I just wanna thank you for that. But um, on a personal note, um, I certainly appreciate the wisdom that has been shared by everyone in this space. Um, again, I believe that it is all for my divine purpose. And I know that others are getting something from this, but I just believe that the words that are being said are designed just for me. And so I am grateful for that. I am. I also purchased um, your book, Paul, and... I had never thought about um, my circumstance as me holding myself hostage. So that in itself was something that I had to um, chew on and uh, just, you know, slowly digest that I am, I am my own captor and I have the power to release myself. And so I just want to thank you all, and I um, intend to be in this room as often as I possibly can because my life has been enriched as a result of being in here. I now have new language that is helping to shape who I believe that I am, who that I am created to be, and it also it has been a way for me to release myself. So I thank you so very much for this time and space. And that is all from me. Carletta, thank you so much uh, for that wonderful share. Glenn, did you want to, uh, to respond in any way? Now, how would you have psychically been able to pick up? I, 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 I found your energy. It just came right to me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even pop the microphone button. Uh, I wanted to say uh, how happy I am to hear you and how much this room has served you, specifically you. And then you've been the liaison to share it with others, which is beautiful. And that's that's what we do in life, is we hear something that we find to be of value and we don't hang on to it. We benefit from it, but we promptly share it with others. And I also just wanted to praise the deliberate manner in which you speak. I value speech. I make my living with my speech. And when I see someone with heightened intentionality as they speak, making the speaking itself an art form, um, I always stop to commend them on that because speaking is rarely seen to be the significant art form that it is. And uh, you speak beautifully, Carlotta. So thank you for your, your blatant heart. Because Thank you. it is on full display today. I want to just mirror that as well. Uh, what a beautiful share that you, you that you gave, and thank you so much for your beautiful and kind words. And uh, I was so happy to have you here. Um, any one of my moderators want to add anything? Okay. 
So thank you, Carlotta. I'm going to put you back into the audience, but please come back next week. Uh, what a beautiful share, and I loved every moment of it. And now we are over to Amanda. Thank you for waiting, Amanda. Over to you. Thank you so much. So happy to be here and see familiar faces and just continuously learn from each and every one of you. And I think that the original question I wanted to ask, I'm going to skip over and go to one more geared towards communication. So I have continuously been working on myself and improving who I am and how I'm showing up. And my romantic partner that I'm with is also having some things that he's working on as we all do. And a lot of the time I am attempting to show up from a transformed place and he is still acting as if I am my earlier version of myself, my Amanda 1.0. And I'm having a difficult time communicating with him in a more transformed and efficient way for him to see that the parts of myself that I don't enjoy or that he didn't enjoy are not as dominant anymore. And so I'm curious from you guys, how do you recommend to continue to communicate with someone that's been in your life for such a long time and has known you a certain way and now you are working on you know being the best version of yourself yes dr allison over to you hi amanda thank you for sharing um it's relationships put us in such a vulnerable place and to share that at this room and it is a safe room michelle king eleni glenn paul provide such a safe room. Um, so even so, it's very brave of you to share. So I just want to commend you on that. Um, the problem with relationships is that there's two of us in them usually, and we can't predict when somebody jumps aboard the train that we've decided to ride. And we can't specify a time frame for the recognition of the growth. And even when one partner, like let's say in couples therapy, one partner is growing exponentially and the other one's growing but you know at a, their their own pace there's going to be this disconnect because it's like come along with me come along with me um get almost get on with it right um but that person is processing it as they need to and we sometimes get impatient with them with ourselves with the relationship and so some of the questions we ask um clients in this is um how long have you known the person, right? Because if you've known the person for 10 years and you've only been working on this uh, change for one year, well, that is not sufficient time to allow for full growth, full processing of both you and the person and the relationship. And you have to think of, there's three you know, variables here. There's you, there's the person, and there's the relationship. And so the questions are, um, can you have compassion for this person you're in a relationship with for them to take the time they need to figure out who they are in relationship to this person who they've loved for a long time, but who's changing. And so those changes are dynamic. They're, they're never stagnant. They're never linear. They're always fluid. And so it's about the adaptability. So the question then also becomes, 
are you willing to allow your partner to do what they need to do for them to be safe, for them to grow and develop at their rate? It's like with kids sometimes, you know, I was a, a school teacher and a school administrator first part of my career. And, you know, if you want to get a six-year-old or even a 19-year-old or even a 20-year-old when I taught USC to do something, um, it's not a blanket, you know, statement. You know, they're all going to do stuff on their own time, in their own way. And it would be nice if everybody could just do what we want them to do when we want them to do it. But then the world wouldn't be nearly as exciting or fun or um, enlivening and scary and, you know, beautifully, you know, imperfect. And so these are hard. And, you know, I, I think some of the work needs to be done is um, some reflecting on what are you looking to get from the, your partner? What do you need to get from your partner? And are you able to give some of that to yourself or maybe get some of that from other people who are acknowledging your your growth and development, your you know transition, as Glenn beautifully said, into this caterpillar. And are you able to get that from other people and give this partner the grace that they need to move? And having conversations with the person and just saying, you know, I know you might have noticed I'm changing and uh, and being open, very transparent about this because it could be very scary for the person and they might be resisting this new you. Uh, and just out of, I don't want things to change. A lot of people want to keep things at status quo because it's safe and it's comfortable. And sometimes breaking out of that comfort zone can be scary. It can be fabulous and exhilarating, you know, as you're into the change. But while you're in the middle of it, it's murky and dark and I don't know what's going to happen and I don't want things to change and then they can, you know, put their foot in the mud. So uh, the question is, can you have those conversations? And if you can't, um, there's some resources, of course. I would go to the Gottman's website. Julie and John Gottman have been researching couples therapy for over a half century. They are brilliant couples therapists and they give so much content out for free on their site. They have their trained therapists posting blogs about these issues and other couples' issues that are so helpful. So G-O-T-T-M-A-N. I would also recommend, um, in addition, if you don't have your own personal therapist, for a couples therapist, somebody really um, that you both like. It can't be somebody who just you um, relate to because if your partner doesn't feel safe in that room and doesn't feel heard, um, it's not going to work. Um, and just know that, you know, you have this room, Michelle, who loves you so much. Um, uh, and please come back and let us know how you're doing. And just know that maybe thinking of this change as, you know, when a baby foal is born and they're unsteady on their feet and they need to be washed down by their mom. And, you know, they're kind of just flailing along a little and maybe offering you know and when we see those pictures on instagram we're like oh and our hearts melt and maybe showering your partner with some of that um, love and understanding i hope that helps well thank you very much uh, dr allison that was beautifully said and what great advice and amanda sometimes having those conversations uh, from the onset of the room when i talk about some of the ways in which we sabotage ourselves one of them is uh, when we have a hard time stating our needs or desires or just our positions with those that we love and sometimes we're afraid of conflict or sometimes we're afraid 
um, that they won't receive it well. They're hard conversations to have, but they're important conversations to have as well. And uh, I just, uh, I can't add anything more to what uh, Dr. Allison uh, beautifully said, other than, yeah, sit down in a loving way and just um, speak, talk. Uh, those are conversations that need to be had. And, and if we're progressing and our partner is not, let's look at that a little bit too. Um, anyone else up here? Well, Michelle. I just want to open my mic just to say thank you to Amanda, because yes, I, as Dr. Allison said, I love you very much, Amanda, and you are a absolutely beautiful person. And um, I just want to honor you for the way in which you have fought for your own sovereignty since I've known you. And I, I, everyone, I met Amanda in this clubhouse, in you know, these clubhouse halls a year and a half ago and thought, my God, what a bright light she is. And uh, just very honored to share your life with you. But I just wanted to highlight and celebrate, you know, everything that you're up to and the fact that you would give yourself permission to come up and ask so humbly um, and with so much openness and candor just goes to show, you know, um, the beauty that's available for all of us out of being open. Because my God, Dr. Allison, thank you so much for what you shared. Uh, I just was so touched, moved, and wholly inspired. And so, uh, Amanda, just know we're all here for you. We're rooting for you a thousand percent. And um, just really grateful that you gave yourself this opportunity. Back to you, Paul. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Amanda. That was uh, beautiful. And uh, thank you for coming up. Um, Eleni. Yeah, and you know, I think we, in relationships, we get into habits, you know. And as we stand back and we grow, sometimes it's quite difficult because people stay in that habit of seeing you, even when you're changing. So maybe just try and find a new love language with each other so that you can just continue in your communication. What's really important is to keep all communicational skills open and um, just being the lovely human that you are, keep throwing out the love, protect yourself, and just see where it goes from there. And you know, some things are forever, some things aren't. But what's important is that you grow, that you find where you're, you want to be. And as you're developing into this wonderful flower that's opening into a new way, just remember to keep watering yourself and stand, standing in beautiful new soil. And I'm Eleni. Thank you, Eleni. Um, King? Did you flash? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Amanda, just one thing quick that I want to add, just because you had mentioned that um, you're sort of growing and progressing much faster in your partner. Uh, just to keep in mind that when that happens sometimes, the, the person that isn't moving along as quickly might feel a little bit threatened as well, and a little bit scared from the progress that you may be making beyond theirs. And so sometimes they don't, people don't react well to that because they get scared, they're, they're afraid of being left behind. And so just kind of keep that in mind as well as, you know, just in terms of all the communication that everyone's been speaking about, do let them know that, you know, th that, that 
that it's not it's not something that you know you're they're not being left behind and you're you, you're you're actively including them and you're trying to bring them along and you know it's not something they should be afraid of um and that you know you growing is a good thing it's good for both of you so once again just as everyone's just reiterated about just the keeping the communications and figuring out how to get your message across but also kind of keep in mind that uh, that might be what's going on in your partner's head as well if there is that incredible difference in the way that you're progressing so i just wanted to mention that as well so uh, back over to you thank you all right amanda uh, did you want to add anything well i wanted to say thank you and a very short follow-up is you know we're gonna as we progress forward i know myself i then i'm breaking the habit you know joe Dispenza talks about he has a whole book about break the habit of you know being yourself and get outside yourself and move forward and so i find because there has been hurt on both sides of the spectrum him to me and me to him and everything in between is that i've made a lot of peace with forgiving and letting go of the hurt that occurred on my end and i don't feel that he's let go of that on his end so i find that i have a very short leash to which when i may unintentionally revert to an old communication style or pattern that um, there's not that much of a runway with with my ability to engage before he's getting triggered or upset himself and because he's in his own place and his own journey um, it's kind of feels untouchable so I'm continuing to really just work on myself there and if anybody has any comments about that piece um, I thank you. Yeah, Amanda, yes. that needs to be addressed in couples therapy because that's a dynamic and you could work as hard as you can on yourself and he could work as hard as he can or not. Um, but when it's the dynamic of the partners and their communication, that's when a couples therapist is that neutral party that can reflect back what is going on. Um, it's sort of, I observe this uh, Amanda said this, you said this, this is what I saw, and then you talk about it. So it becomes like this other being, and it doesn't become like a blame shame game. It becomes a, oh, is this what it looks like? Is this what I'm doing? I didn't realize that, or holy cow, or I'm comfortable doing that. And then the question is, is this something that you want to change, or are you going to keep doing this? And is it time for the other partner to consider, you know, maybe not being in this relationship anymore? So I, I think those kind of questions are what couples therapists train their entire careers for. And uh, I think that would be a very helpful. And if your partner doesn't want to go, that might be an answer for you, right? Because then, you know, when we're on these growth and development trajectories and the person doesn't want to come along with us or they're not supporting us or they're sabotaging us or they're just not for us, um, you know, sometimes relationships are not lifelong. Sometimes they're there for us for a time for us to learn and grow whatever we need to do and it doesn't mean we hate the person or wish them ill it just means it's you're not for me anymore um you are a part of my life and you are been so wonderful in my life but maybe it's time you know for me to go elsewhere to to blossom again and to fully um you know fill myself up and and bring myself to this ne next level so 
I think shower some, you know, compassion and grace on yourself and, and see if this person is willing to engage um, into this communication with a, a licensed couples therapist in your state. Um, if you go to your state psychological association, they all have find a therapist and they also have uh, drop down menus for whatever modality you want. So couples therapy. Um, they also have drop down menus for your insurance to make sure that you're, um, you know, not having to pay as much out of pocket. And so do the drop downs and find a couples therapist who's on your insurance panel. And then, you know, I would say definitely interview at least three, if not five, both of you, um, because it has to be somebody who both of you feel um, comfortable with. And sometimes it's not the first or second, sometimes it's their third or fourth. And it's not about shopping for a couples therapist. It's about finding someone that both of you resonate with. And although everybody um, who is licensed has to go through a whole vetting process, um, there are times when somebody just is not right for you. So, um, I'm talking therapist now, not partner. So, um, be patient and kind to yourself and, um, just know that you're on this amazing, amazing path of self love and self awareness and growth and development. And right now it's muddy and murky, but you are, I mean, I can just hear it in your voice. You're like ready for these wonderful next steps. And wouldn't it be lovely to have a partner who wants to come along on this ride with you and, and celebrate you and, and, and be there with you. And if it's not this person, um, maybe it's somebody else and it could be this person, but having that third party there to watch the dynamic and coach you both on that dynamic can be so empowering. Thanks. Thank you very much, Dr. Allison. I hope that that helped, Amanda, and we'd love for you to come back next week. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I appreciate the information. Definitely a lot to mull over. And um, the couples therapy thing is something I've thought about. We're just not stationed. We're on the road and traveling a lot. So there's, logistically speaking, different things to think about there. And I just appreciate the opportunity for each of you to share different pieces of information with me about it. So thank I you. I just want to say one thing, Amanda, there are Esther Perel, who's another queen of couples therapy and you can follow her. She's incredibly world famous. Um, uh, and she posts, she does a blog every week. Um, she does couples therapy and has done it uh, through the pandemic online. The one caveat was that during a fight between the couples, um, all of a sudden, about 30, 40 minutes in, they both started smiling and she had to ask them what happened and what the camera actually cut off at their waists. And she did not see one of the partners putting their hand on the knee of the other partner when they were crying and yelling. And that gesture just changed the emotional tempo, tempo uh, the emotional um, uh I can't even think of the word right now, but you know, timber of the um, conversation. And so if you're going to do couples therapy online and it, it has been successful, they have shown it is as efficacious, uh, make sure that the, the couples therapist can see the full body because the body language is so important to read in couples therapy because it is that dance between the partners. And if your partner is not 
willing to do that, I mean, you didn't say that, but if your partner's not willing to work on the relationship, well, there's there's a really good uh, piece of information for you to mull on and, and to think about. But um, there is, you can zoom uh, on the road, people have done it. Um, so the state laws are, um, the therapist has to be uh, licensed in the state you're a resident of, and they're allowed to treat you when you are out of state and each state is different, a certain amount of time. A lot of times it's a grace period of up to six months. Some states it's three months. So just check, their psychologist knows what their state laws are. So find the therapist that is licensed in the state that you reside in, and then ask them what the rules are for their particular licensure so that they can treat you while you're traveling. But that is doable, so don't worry about that. Excellent, thank you so much. Amanda, I uh, hope to see you again. Now we're just about to end the room. I would like to just take a couple of minutes and, and get the panel involved in this. There was a question that was asked uh, in the chat about comparison. How, uh, how do we stop comparing ourselves to other people, especially when social media just brings this out so much and so many young people and, and I'm, I'm not just going to say young people, so many people start to look at social media, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Instagram, whether it be whatever, and they start to imagine what they're missing in their life because they're comparing themselves to uh, what may or may not be factual. Any thoughts on this from my panel? I have a couple of thoughts on it, but I would like to open it up because I think it's an important conversation to be had. Who'd like to start? Anybody? The mics are, ah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, I just, maybe just very shortly and maybe simply just don't give them that power. I mean, because oftentimes people that, you know, post anything on social media, they get very, very upset by the, you know, the one or two idiots that post negative comments that are bad. But think of it in the grander scheme of things, like the people that take their time to do that, there's something really, really wrong in their lives. So why would you take advice from them? I mean, why give, you know, uh, you know, random Joe or random Sally who it just is going through a tough time in their life, the, the ability to ruin your life, I mean, or ruin your, your time or whatever the joy, whatever joy you put in the things that you put out there. And also the, you know, the amazing things that happen in your own life. So put it in perspective. And when you see things that upset you, put it in perspective of who, you know, who is this person? What are their motivations for doing it? And also does anything that they say matter really? I mean, does it really matter in your world? Like if there's a celebrity saying something, you know, does, does that really matter in your life? Um, and more importantly, you know, focus on the things that make you happy. If they make you happy, they make you happy. Don't let anyone else change your mind about that. I mean, as long as it's not something that's destructive, as long as it's not something that's negative. So, I mean, don't put, once again, we oftentimes, we, we have a tendency to listen to other people more than we listen to ourselves. So just turn that attention over to yourself, love yourself, respect yourself, and don't let a random stranger whose opinions really probably shouldn't matter at all influence you, you know, your uh, influence you so much. So that's just what my quick spiel on that is. Uh, back to you, Paul. Thank you. And Michelle? Oh boy, that's a, that's a biggie. I think it could be like the whole, a whole two hours. Um, but in essence, if I really break it down, my mentor, one of my mentors once said to me, 
Never compare your insides with other people's outsides. Never compare what he was saying is your limiting conversations, beliefs, assumptions, and even if they're not limiting, even if they're just neutral, don't compare your inner experience with what you're seeing showing up outside and around you. Uh, and I think it becomes easier to do when we've really done what like Dr. Allison and so many uh, of the speakers and mods in here have been saying, which is to begin to learn to love ourselves, to put ourselves first, to really be in discovery of this magnificent creature that you are. And, you know, just looking at how often during your day do you even say, you know, I am a magnificent creature, you know, and so I think it's two things. It's not comparing the inner limiting dialogue with the exterior shots of life, the circumstances outside of yourself and allowing them to be bigger than you, like King said, allowing them to have power over you as opposed to being in self-discovery, self falling in love with yourself, honoring yourself, being that sovereign king or queen that you are. And when you own your love of yourself, even if it's just in a small part, that will give you a greater ability and ease to not fall into that automatic pilot of comparing and judging, which, you know, the media... Uh, uh, has, you know, really put before us for years. And so uh, I thought I'd just add that in and pass it back, Paul. Thank you. Um, Glenn, did you want to add anything or Eleni? No? Okay. I, I do have something I would like to add. And this has come up a few times, and it's so easy to do when we take a look at, at somebody who has posted a video or a story or whatever. We think, wow, wouldn't that be great? And uh, why can't I be more like that? Or why can't I have that? And one question I have for people is, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the things that you don't have? Or are you, or are you focusing on the things that you do have? Because there's a big, big uh difference there. If we focus on what we don't have, we're not being grateful for the things that we do have. And not everybody who posts on social media are posting the truth. Some of those pictures have been taken a hundred times. Some of those videos just happen to turn out, whatever it is. Some people truly suffer because they are not being seen or heard in their own lives. And so they will take these videos and post them on social media to say, hey, look at me. I matter. And we all feel uh, that need to feel wanted and, and that we matter. So not everything you see on social media is the truth. I think it's, it's so important to be aware, and as King and Michelle both alluded to, once we begin to look at their lives and imagine how happy we would be if we were them, we're allowing them to drive our behavior and our emotions. We're feeling that we're turning that power over to them. They are making me feel bad. No. Remember that it is you who makes the decision. Nobody can hurt your feelings unless you let them. And if you're looking at somebody else's video and you're feeling bad about it, you can turn the channel. You can say, hey, wait a minute, that may not, or it may be true, but eh, I don't need to get them to control how I'm feeling about this. There's one thing that you're better at than anyone else in the world, and I want you to remind yourself of that. There's nobody who is you. You're better than anybody else in the world at just being you. 
that is the wonderful thing is that you life becomes about really being better versions of ourselves whenever we can and whenever we choose to and if we're going to compare ourselves to anyone, anyone, let's compare ourselves to who we were. I brought this up in the conversation earlier. Let's compare ourselves to who we were six weeks ago, six months ago. Let's do the work to just find that happiness that is inside each and every one of us. It doesn't come from external things. And Michelle, if you could get um, a closing song ready, that would be amazing. But I just wanted to add this, is that happiness is not something that another person gives you. It's not something that you walk outdoors and you happen to be in an amusement park and it's given to you. It comes from inside of us, what we choose, how it's released within us. It is a choice. Happiness is a choice. And we may like certain things, but happiness truly comes from inside of ourselves. So comparing ourselves to others is really turning our energy and giving them power over the emotions that we have. And... I don't like to do that with anyone. I'd like to remain in control, to take control of my circumstances, take control of my thoughts, take control of my life, and just negotiate my way out of feeling bad because they can't make me. I'll look at, I'll look at the Instagram. I go to Instagram, TikTok. I'm amused by a lot of it, and I'm really, I learn from a lot of it. And some other ones, I just, it reminds me when I see stories, um, and then later, I read in the newspaper that this, this Instagram guru or TikTok guru committed suicide because, you know, they, they tried too much or they did too much or not their real person was coming out or they tried a stunt that didn't work to try to impress people. A lot of people are trying to make themselves seen and heard. Let's just remind ourselves of that. And anyone else want to add before I turn the microphone over to Michelle to close the room? Yeah, Paul, I'd like to say something. Um, I haven't had a moment of my life, and I'm not being uh, uh, pompous or arrogant or boastful when I say this. I've never had a moment of my life when I envied someone else. Not, not one moment. I've never wanted to have somebody else's life. I've never wanted to be like someone. And I see it as uh, that's a blessing to me, an enormous blessing that zero energy has ever been given up wishing I had what somebody else had or wishing I was what somebody else is. Because that to me is a departure from putting the work in, doing the work. The job is here. The job is not over there. The job is here. And it's always here. And wherever I go, there I am. So it's always going to be here. I look at others' lives. I learn from them. I'm inspired by them. But learning and inspiration are a beautiful thing. I've never wanted to be them. It's like, that's, that's, that's an interesting message you have. Let's put that to work. But there's a big difference between learning something from somebody else that is useful, that can be helpful, and wanting to be them or wishing that you had what they have. The old saying is that comparison is the thief of joy. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. So I want to repeat it in case there are one or two people out there who may have never heard that, that comparison is the thief of joy. Right? It robs us of feeling special about who it is we are and what it is we're here to do. I'm not here to do your life. I'm not here to, 
to do anything other than be in perfect alignment with whatever the reason was that the cosmos wanted me here in the first place. And I have to believe in my mind the cosmos had an idea upon the day of my arrival. There was an idea, and there was an idea for you, Paul, and an idea for Eleni, and an idea for King and Michelle, and everyone in this room and everyone in the world. There was an idea and a need for us to be here. So let's get with the program and engage what was that idea? What was this system thinking when it brought me here? Because I'm convinced it was thinking. And it had things it wanted to be done by you and by me. And there's no one else to do that work. The other work is to be done by others, but not our work. Our work is to be done by us and only us. Our contribution is to be done by us and only us. So let's focus on us and get with the program. I'm done. Come on with it. That was great. <laughs> Love it. Eleni, are you flashing, applauding? Yeah, of course. I'm always applauding. Lovely, Glenn. Um, but for me, it really is about living in the now. Now is all we have. Live in the day and just do everything you can in that day to find your purpose for that day, to make a choice to be happy in that day, and to whatever it is that you need to execute, ride, it, ride the wave, live in the day, and know that blessings are here for all of us. Thank you, Eleni. And comparison is the thief of joy. I hope that everybody has written that down. And let's not let any thief take control of our lives. And let's not remain hostage to any thief or any type of thought that is going to rob us of that joy that we so richly deserve. I want to thank each and every one of my moderators who have come in here today and have shared. You guys are amazing. You know how much I love you. And to each and every person who came up on stage and shared and opened up, I really, truly appreciate you. I really care about you. This room is a room uh, in which we we support one another. We help one another. And when you come up on stage and you open up, you you gift us with ideas and even uh, with purpose to try to help one another out. You remind us that that is part of our journey here. That is part of life's assignment is to help one another. And it's just a beautiful thing when you come up and you share something that you're struggling with or you give advice on something that you have once struggled with that no longer holds you hostage. And it was um, uh, Carletta that brought up the, uh, the theme in my book in which the original title was called Hostage to Myself. And the reason it's called Take Control of Your Life is because HarperCollins, who bought the book, turned the title around but originally it was hostage to myself and we can become hostaged by our thoughts we can become our own hostage takers but on that same note if we are our own hostage takers we are also our own hostage negotiators which mean that we can release ourselves from that which imprisons us in our own mind. Viktor Frankl spoke of that in his wonderful book, Man's Search for Meaning, and uh, he has 
inspired me in so many ways, that man. So thank you all for having come up and spoken. And to everyone who has shared the room, I thank you. For those who have contributed to the uh, dialogue, uh, I, I thank you. And if we couldn't get you up this week, I apologize. We do try to keep it at the two-hour mark. Sometimes we go a little bit over, but we do turn off hand-raising at some point so that we can honor everybody's time. And uh, we're a little bit over that time, but I wanted to bring this conversation out. And for everyone who has been in the listening audience, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. You've given us the gift of your time, and we really appreciate it. Uh, so thank you. And I'm going to turn the microphone over to Michelle to close us down. So have a great week, folks. And just remember, start your day off with intention, and we'll see you next week. Paul, as always, heartfelt thanks. Thank you, Glenn. Heartfelt thanks to you, sir.
Make no apologies. Have an incredible week, you guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 